Welcome to Word Matters, presented by the Holman Christian Standard Bible. Word Matters is a podcast dedicated to helping Christians understand some of the most confusing and controversial passages of the Bible. And now, join the conversation with your hosts, Trevin Wax and Brandon Smith. Was Adam an historical person? That is the question that we're going to answer on this episode of Word Matters. As always, I'm Brandon Smith, brand manager for the HCSB, and here with my co-host, Trevin Wax, the managing editor of The Gospel Project. And uh, though this conversation isn't entirely new, I think the, the scientific revolution has kind of impacted this debate within Christianity. It's made it a lot more complicated in some ways. Uh, so, for example, if, if evolution is true, does it disprove an historical Adam? Uh, can Christians deny that Adam is an historical person altogether? And the question that's most pressing that we all need to answer is, and Trevor and I expect an answer from you, did Adam have a belly button? Okay, so you really want me to answer that question. <laughs> I want you to answer it. Did Adam I, have a belly button? You know, um, one of the wonderful, wondrous mysteries of the faith is if Adam had a belly button. I, mean, I guess we would say no, because he wasn't technically born, right? Right. It's so I would say... the whole reason we have one. Or, Right, but it's such a a fascinating feature of the human body that maybe God went ahead and created him with one so that it wouldn't freak out Adam and Eve when they had kids, and then maybe. they saw that their 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 sons had belly buttons. I I I really don't know. This is so, next level theology. Yeah, this right here, is guys. the deepest of the deep, right? And my wife always makes fun of my belly button, so actually, I'm hoping mine is not resurrected with me. We're not going to get into question of <laughs> innies and outies, are we? Are we really? No, okay. I don't think I think our listeners deserve. Let's better. leave that to the imagination of right. our listeners. So, uh, no, seriously though, this is a a debate that is not easy. It's something that is not going to go away. Uh, it it gets into the question of whether or not the earth is old, if it is, according to a lot of scientific research, billions of years old, or if it is simply thousands of years old with an appearance of age. Um, but the bigger question behind all of this is how does scientific research, scientific study, scientific uh, results, how, how does that influence theology? Right. And, you know, if we're going to keep this episode under 20 minutes, which we've tried to do for the most part, I think instead of getting in too deep into um, all the scientific minutia, uh, which maybe we could do another day. Um, we yeah, you just rather ask about the belly button. Yeah, so. it's just the belly button. That's what we really need to answer. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's just deal with kind of the direct question. So was Adam an historical person? Let's see if we can do that. Okay, so let's read a, a few verses about Adam and see if we can get some clarity here. I'm going to read uh, Genesis 1, 26 and 27 in the HCSB. Then God said, Let us make man in our image according to our likeness. They will rule the fish of the sea, the birds of the sky, the livestock, all the earth, and the creatures that crawl on the earth. So God created man in his own image. He created him in the image of God. He created them male and female. Okay, let's do a, let's do a New Testament passage as well, um, where Paul refers to Adam in Romans 5, uh, 14 to 15. It says, Nevertheless, uh, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even though even over those who did not sin in the likeness of Adam's transgression. He is a prototype of the coming one. But the gift is not like the trespass. For if by one man's trespass many died, how much more have the grace of God and gift overflowed to the many by the grace of the one man, Jesus Christ? Okay, so as we, as we uh, look at different options that people take when it comes to the question of the historical Adam, I think it's good for us to get some clarity as exactly what do we mean by that. And when we, when we're using that phrase, historical Adam, we're saying, um, we're asking the question, was Adam a real person at some point in history? Okay. 
Um, so let's talk first about the view that says that, um, that there was no historical Adam, that he's not an actual person mm -hmm. in our space-time universe that, that once walked the earth. Uh, the, the big picture idea for that is saying, well, you know, Genesis one through three is, uh, has a lot of poetic elements. Mm -hmm. Um, it, Adam in Genesis one through three is, is sort of representative of humanity as a whole. His, uh, so the fall into sin would also be included in that as well as representative of how human beings continue to fall into sin. It's a sort of our every man story. Um, and that you can believe Genesis one through three in that poetic sense without there actually have been a human named Adam who roamed the earth before any other humans existed. So, uh, usually this view comes out of a, a wider assumption and presupposition that um, that agrees with um, some scientific research about evolution that holds that's in tension with scripture. There's a case for this made in a four views book on the historical Adam that uh, came out of Zondervan, mm -hmm. uh, was published by Zondervan. Um, and the contributor there basically says God accommodated the ancient writers of scripture. He allowed them to make mistakes regarding science because, you know, they didn't know everything we know now about the physical world. Uh, so to recap, Adam, not a historical person, just a poetic representation a representation representative of humanity as a whole. And um, we're not really seeing real historical figures in Genesis until about Genesis 12 right. at the earliest. Yeah. So, you know, and what's interesting about this view too, is that it's that there are people who do affirm a lot of this argument of this idea of this representative of humanity or whatever it is, but, but they would also say the historical Adam still was a real person, but that he wasn't necessarily the first human being ever created. So various views of how that works out and how they got there. Um, but so tease but some, that out a little bit. Yeah, so, what, so so it's possible that um, you know that that if evolution is true, so there's theist, theistic evolutionists who would say, you know, if evolution is true, then maybe once we became humans from monkeys or whatever, that at some point this human came and then God gave him the image of God, right? So not necessarily the first human, but right, okay, but the first human that becomes the represent representative. So it's a real Adam, but maybe not the first human being ever. Okay, uh, so there may have been, you know, or, or or even if you don't take the evolution view, you can just say that maybe. You know, there were thousands or millions of humans on Earth, but Genesis really records Adam, his reception of the image of God, not necessarily everybody's, even though everybody got it. So, so some kind of hominids were roaming the Earth, yeah. similar to humans, and then God suddenly invests Adam with the image mm -hmm. of God. And um, so, so uh, just out of curiosity, does everybody then that, according to this view, mm -hmm. the second view we're talking about, do all of the other humans after Adam receives the image of God, do they all receive the image of God, so that when Cain finds a wife in a city mm -hmm. he's finding i'm, I'm assuming image bearers, image bearer, yeah. okay mm -hmm. that's not his sister right okay yeah it's interesting um and you know it's kind of you think about you think about genesis 4 when cain kills his brother and he gets sent away and he's terrified and he's like well somebody out there is going to kill me and you think well the bible's never talked about somebody else out there so are there other people out there or is cain just scared of what could come because he doesn't know what's out there you know so are there people out there or does cain just think there's people out there so those are kind of some of the questions that that get raised here. So yeah. yeah. So Cain could have wandered out and found an image bearing wife somewhere you know, that was I, already there. If I'm not mistaken, I think John Stott had a view similar to this, mm -hmm. or at least speculated that this might have been the case, but I without taking a firm position. But of course he did the same thing with annihilationism too. The idea that hell is not eternal, but that we eventually mm -hmm. are destroyed if we don't come to faith in Christ. So uh, not necessarily saying that that we still love John Stott. I, I yeah, but not necessarily saying that's the reason to to approach this view. Right. So yeah, and, and okay. then there's kind of the more strict historical Adam view, uh, which would basically just say, 
you know, they, it would deny or at least strongly question the scientific element altogether, saying that, you know, regardless of what science may or may not say or may or may not indicate, um, what we do know is that he was the fir- a real person and the first human ever created. Um, so the defense of this view obviously kind of comes twofold. It's, it's a more obvious reading of Genesis and how Paul talks about Adam. So the one man, the one man, God created man and woman in his image, um, kind of just an obvious, clear reading. Uh, there's also um, some theological issues you have to deal with in denying the historical Adam um, or even the first Adam being the first person, uh, which is just dealing with, you know, how the Bible talks about transmission of sin, Jesus being the second Adam, uh, kind of going back to Romans 5. I'm not saying that those questions are unanswerable for other views, but those are the questions that you really do have to answer if you want to deny Adam as the first person. So, so where do you, Trevin, Dr. Trevin K. Wax, land on this issue? <laughs> Uh, the K stands for Kyle, just so our audience is, is, is curious. No, that's that's my father's <laughs> name, but anyway, we, we won't go there. Um, yeah, I so I I believe that belief in an historical Adam is essential mm-hmm. for Christianity. Um, I I believe that because I because I believe Jesus believed that. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe Paul believed that. Um, I, I I don't think there's any sense in Paul's writing in which he is referring to Adam simply as this poetic representative of humanity. I think the logic and the force of his argumentation in Romans makes it very clear that he is speaking of Adam as uh, both a real historical person and as the first human being. Mm-hmm. So um, listen, there is mystery in the first chapters of Genesis. There's no question. There is poetry in the first chapters of mm-hmm. Genesis. No question. Um, is Adam in some sense a representative of all of humanity? Yes. I don't think we have to choose between right. Adam as representation versus Adam versus his, Adam being historical. Um, the question is, where where are you going to let that mystery in the some of the unanswered questions we have? We talked about, you know, Cain mm-hmm. going into a city, finding a wife, things like where where which side are you going to allow the mystery to take place on right. in some of these questions that the Bible simply does not answer? And I um, I I think it is simpler. And you have more, um, I guess, more uh, of a pedigree in throughout church history when it comes to the way that um, Christians have have dealt with this this passage and this question. I think you have much more firm grounding to stand on to simply say there are some mysteries here. We don't have them all resolved, but the logic of the scriptures and the way that the uh, the scriptural storyline unfolds mm-hmm. in the way that it hinges on the fall into sin, uh, assumes that the fall is historical and that the ramifications and implications of that fall are widespread and have rippled out throughout all of the earth and into all of subsequent humanity. So, I, so if Adam, if Adam sinned and was not the first person and there's a million other human beings on the earth and Adam sins, what do you do with how that sin affects the rest of the earth? Right? So when the Bible talks about transmission of sin, from the man and all those kind of things, it seems to be painting a picture, right, of there's this one man, his sin affected everybody in that's a right. very direct way, not just in a general way. That Yes, that's the way the Bible presents it. Now, if you want to take the other view and still say there was an historical Adam but a bunch of other people and all this, you know, that had also had image bearers and whatnot, I, to me, that's actually more complicated. Right. The mystery grows if you try to take that approach rather than the simpler way that the, the scriptures wrestle with us. Yeah. Yeah, I think too. You know, kind of on, on my end, we talked about all of the scientific issues that we that we don't want to get too deep into. But 
Um, you know, this brings up the question of how old is the earth? If the earth is not six literal 24 hour days, but it's six million, a million years apiece, then what do you do with all of that and all the human beings, right? So again, another question for another day, but I do think um, the point of Genesis 1 is not to make a scientific point. So I don't think that Moses is trying to answer questions about evolution and um, age of the earth and geology and all of these other questions that come up. Uh, I think ultimately we're kind of imposing a modern concern on the text. So it's not to say that we don't a ask the question, but people get so caught up in this concern of how old is the earth and was Adam, you know, the first man or not? Were there millions of, of people uh, on the earth? I think ultimately, yes, we want to affirm and I want to affirm that that Adam was the first person and was the first human, uh, but that ultimately Genesis 1 is not trying to to get us so bound up in that um, as it is trying to show that God created all things and that he created man in his image. And there's the importance of, of us being image bearers on the earth. Um, but one of the one of the reasons that I do believe in an historical Adam, uh, who was actually the first human crea uh, created, uh, is because Genesis seems to, in some ways, indicate that mankind is the pinnacle of creation. That there's this like there's this crescendo moment at the end of creation where Adam and Eve are created, and it's this beautiful thing. It's very you know it's very good. It's good. It's it's God rests after he makes man and woman. Um, and so I think that's why mankind is given authority over all creation. There's this idea of he created this man and woman, and they're the pinnacle of his creation. They're the greatest things he's ever created. And that's when God tells Adam and Eve to go fill the earth with image bearers. Not that there's already image bearers, but he says, be fruitful and multiply. Go make more image bearers. And I think that's more the point of Genesis 1 than getting into all these other details. Um, but I do think that actually him telling them to be fruitful and multiply and spread image bearers um, actually pretty clearly indicates that the image is not spread across the earth yet. So, yeah, and I'm I'm I would want to bracket the conversation about the age of the earth mm -hmm. in uh, into a completely separate yeah. conversation because I I think there, I think there can be legitimate disagreements on the age of the earth mm -hmm. among faithful evangelical Bible believing Christians on the historical Adam I think it's much tougher yeah. <laughs> to make that case because the the ramifications for uh, theological. Um, uh, concern theological study and exploration from this point on in in the scriptures and the, and even the question of the interpretation of scripture and how we understand the entire bible storyline is radically affected with the yeah. the historical adam conversation so uh, i i would age of the earth one thing historical mm -hmm. adam though the a whole other level when it comes to to the importance of this doctrine yeah and that is that is really the point to to really focus in on genesis 1 is the creation of the image bearers and it really actually happening. <laughs> yeah, and we wind up. I mean, and you also you wind up. By but I I I get this feeling when I read a lot of the literature that's denying historical Adam that um we're we're so much smarter than yeah other right. Bible writers mm -hmm. and there's something in me possibly from having read so much Chesterton and Lewis the chronological snobbery thing mm -hmm. really 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 affects me and I don't even know why Lewis on this question he might have actually been a chronological snob himself i don't yeah i don't remember i need I'm pretty to go back sure he was a chronological that. snob a little more than than he like might have let on but uh still i'm i'm grateful that in this case um i think that that makes me want to doubt myself yeah. and our own generation more than i would otherwise yeah, and the question of the the you know the, the the ideas that we have now the opinions that we have now in two thousand years will people look at us and go i can't believe they believe something like that you know i mean it's 
it's kind of the way that that the uh, world always works. Wherever we are, we think we're further ahead than people behind us, and we're not necessarily always there. So True. we shouldn't we shouldn't play around too much with biblical doctrine, just thinking that we finally figured it out in 2016. Right? So, so so when we preach and teach and share this, you're saying we should focus on how important mankind is. I mean, you you, you would not lay out all of the different debates right. in a sermon. I'm right. assuming, would you? No, good because no, I, yeah. I wouldn't want to hear you preach that. <laughs> Um, no, with Genesis one, I, w- I would I would want to focus on the sovereignty of God and creation and how important it is that we're made in God's image and what does that look like for us to be made in God's image and what does it look like for us to live in light of the new creation where we're sin is no more and we're living with God and Him dwelling with us. You know, what would the earth look like uh, if sin never entered? That's the life that we live. Is what does it look like if Eden never, if Adam and Eve never fell? And we wouldn't lie. We wouldn't steal. We wouldn't cheat. We wouldn't treat people with contempt. We wouldn't look down on people. Why? Because sin brings that into the earth. So I would want to point to that and say, God is sovereign. God created us for a reason. And now let's live in light of that. So in other words, you're preaching the main meaning of the text, which is always a good thing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, For me, in preaching and teaching on this, um, I do recognize that this might be an obstacle for some people who are in our churches who uh, are there as visitors and who um, may think that this— some of the mysterious elements of these passages just sound so mythological almost, you know, mm-hmm. the serpent speaking and things like that. Um, I would want to recognize those objections without feeling like I have to take the whole sermon to answer them. Yeah. So if they're coming to the, to the text with that sort of scientific mindset that wants to, to, you know, really dig in and question everything about the text, I would, I would, uh, when, in preaching this, I typically stay very close to the biblical text mm-hmm. and say, Hey, you might you might be here and you might not believe that this story is historically factually true at this point. Um, and I would say I would want to welcome them in yeah. and to say, I'm not going to argue the truth of the story right now to you. Let me uh, why don't you bracket some of those concerns right now and let the power of the story itself affect you just enter the story and just hear me out as if it were true. See if it, if you also recognize how this is true in your own, right. in your own heart and life. And then, and then in another setting, I would make some historical argumentation for why uh, we believe that this story is sound and is true historically as well. So I, I would, I would answer objections. though if I know that I have seekers in the audience yeah. who this might be a stumbling block, but I wouldn't want the, to focus my, my preaching and teaching on making the case that you know adam is historical then you got to get to the significance of why it's there in genesis one through three anyway and focusing on the storyline of scripture is exactly what the gospel project does every week in your churches with <laughs> that, over a million users that's right i'm sliding <laughs> the 20 dollar bill over to you yep. right now thank right you now, so yeah um, well thank you trevin as always for a great conversation and thank you all for listening we will see you next time thanks for listening Word Matters is presented by the Holman Christian Standard Bible, a translation that is faithful to the original languages but clear for today's readers. Find out more at hcsb.org.